You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast for the season 12, episode 24. Uh, I'm John and joined by Erin tonight out there. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Hi, good. Good for a Monday night. Um, and on the day that Giovanni van Bronckhurst got the heave hole at Rangers, we've got our favourite Rangers fan on. Don't tell Josh that. Um, <laughs> Andy, how are you doing? Yeah, keeping well, guys. Thanks, thanks for having us on again. As I say, every time I come on, I really appreciate it. I know we always enjoy having you on. You're well liked and respected by all. Oh, it makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will kick off a wee bit before I go into the Van Bronckhurst story. Obviously, the World Cup's on just now. Scotland aren't in it. Northern Ireland aren't in it. Um, but aye, the tournament's got on, regardless of what folk think about the. The other aspects of things. Um, Scotland chose not to go because of that, and that was very good of us, and that's what's happened there. So yeah. if anyone thinks otherwise, that's not true. Yeah, it was partly human rights and partly the fact that you couldn't get a decent drink, um, unless you wanted to pay about £15 for a bottle of Budweiser. And I wouldn't even pay a quid for a bottle of Budweiser. Was that that we just thought, do you know what, this this is, this is World Cup's not for us. We'll sit this one out, guys. On you go. And we said to Ukraine, you have this. And then Wales did not think you so kindly on Ukraine and they've got there and don't look that good I don't think I was a wee bit envious though when I was watching Wales tonight playing USA and thinking that should have been us um, but it is what it is um, but then no one would have like a lot of people wouldn't have gone it's not the same vibe I think it is um, if we just leave the other stuff aside because it's there and it's happening and yes it's not right but it's going to happen whether you watch the games or not it's going on right now Um games in terms of the actual games have been really good i'm pleasantly surprised i was worried that there'd be the usual few that are a bit dull all of the games i've seen all four and they've all been brilliant lots of it added on time which i don't think i've ever seen as much time as added on in the game there was 23 minutes added on 24 minutes i 14 minutes in the first half then 10 minutes the second half i suppose to be fair in the england game there was that long stoppage for the goalkeeper who clearly was in no fit condition to continue, but then his captain was like, right, you need to stay on. And then about, I don't know, a minute later after the restart, I think he fell to the ground and it was like, right, you need to get him off. And then what, the second half, you had Harry Maguire, who had like blood vision as well. Yeah, which is quite concerning. quite a lot of clubs and things as well. Um, don't I understand the nine minutes added on in USA Wales, but never mind. No, I never either. Um, just a bit, was... just a bit extra for everyone. They're just thinking... Give everyone a bit of extra football and we're all having a great time. I know, my missus wasn't too happy because she tried to watch the last episode of The Crown, so usually I'm oh. a wee bit earlier upstairs for the, the podcast. But no, a I'll very good series game. of The Crown. Uh, don't know. I've never seen it myself. It's good. Have you not seen it? No. But it's about the Queen and you guys famously love her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to start watching after this podcast then. You, you Rangers haven't been mentioned in it by her yet, but you never know. <laughs> you would think there'd be there'd be a wee mention of the picture and I but stressing them. I mean that's pretty disgraceful. That, that's like a little jokey up. reference to Rangers, that'd be quite funny. But no, they've not mentioned her. Um, no, I'm quite enjoying my team in the work sweepstake plays tomorrow. Who have you got? Argentina. 
that's a good a good one for the sweeps. I actually, I actually think they might win it, and everyone seems to want them to win it because people want Messi to have nice things. So, um, I think there's a good chance that they could win it. They've got a decent chance. They are actually, is it, I think, thirty-five games unbeaten just now as well, which is pretty healthy. Um, I don't think they'll win it. I think yeah. Brazil will win it. I I think people get carried away with Argentina because of Messi, but see if you look outside of Messi, I they've got decent players, good players. But I don't think they've got anyone else particularly that's outstanding. Um, you could maybe say the likes of Martinez at Inter is pretty good. You've got Martinez at the back at Man U, but I, I, nah, I, I think Brazil are going to win it. I think you're looking at Brazil squad. It's just packed full of talent, especially up top. Um, and they're a lot more solid defensively than they used to be. And you've got likes of mm-hmm. Neymar, Vinicius Jr., Jesus. I mean, there was talk at one point that Jesus might not even get a call up. Um, but he got the nod ahead of Firmino. I mean, they're leaving out Firmino. Firmino's not even in the squad. Um, Can I just ask, has it not already been won this afternoon? <laughs> well, I. <laughs> I <laughs> what was that thinking? As soon as they scored, like you've seen that. I don't know whether some of it's like kind of joking now because they know what it's like. You got the people all the like folk on social media and are like it was like it's dot dot. Obviously they're getting kind of carried away, but Iran were awful, woeful. And if you think they were woeful, and yet England still managed to concede two goals, and actually I had another kind of good chance. They're going to go up against better teams, I think tonight. When you look at uh, USA and Wales, they'll both give them much sterner tests. Yeah, look, a tougher um, game against them. England are they're a good side, you know, but. And, and as as we all know, the, the overkill with, with the media hype and stuff like that there doesn't help the, the, the side. But as you say, John Wants wants to come up against a, a better side or one of the bigger sides. I think they'll get knocked out. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the annoying thing is that I think a lot of us don't mind Southgate and they actually don't mind a lot of this England team. But you definitely don't want them winning it. But that'll just be, nah, no chance. No, um, I... That's the thing. I'm, I'm like, I'm not particularly. If they win, if they do all right, it doesn't really bother me. But I don't want them to win it because it will honestly be unbearable. And to be honest, I don't think they're the best team there. I think they've got some good players, but I don't think they are the best team in it at all. They had a pretty good run in the Euros because of the opposition they had. Is, are they not likely to play France in the last quarters? If they were to, I don't know if maybe if they were to get there, I've not done the wall chart actually. Um, I think, yeah, potentially. I know that certainly in the second round they would play Group B, a team from Group B. I which, did my wall chart um yesterday and I've basically rigged it so Argentina wins it. So right, you've rigged it. What was your final in the wall chart? Argentina, Portugal. Have you got your wall chart there? Like, I don't by. exactly. Uh, virtual. I'll see if I can find it actually. Yeah. Um, let me. Um. I would have saved it because I sent it to my pals. So let me find it. But yes. Yeah, okay, so you I'll find let... it. And then while you're looking for it, I'll check what Andy. Who do you reckon might win it? Uh, I would agree with the both of you. I, I, I fancy either Brazil, more so Brazil, but if not them, then Argentina. But again, there, there's a few good sides there, even. Holland or the Netherlands, you know, always great individual players, but they always seem to find a way to mess up or uh, fall out with each other or whatever. 
France yeah. could be there or thereabouts. You know, there also could be a dark horse. I don't know. Um, there's a few half decent sides there, but I probably expect the likes of even Germany as well. You you never know. They're in sort of transition period, so mm-hmm. still could could challenge or or end up being finalists or winners. You never know. I... France, France, in fairness, I think are also looking pretty good. Group E is the really tough one, is it not? It's Germany and Spain and stuff. Yeah. How so, how long is Benzema out for? I heard he was injured. Missing the tournament. So miss it, missing oh, he's missing the whole thing. Big, yeah, big loss yeah. then. I heard the fir- I heard the first two. That is a shame. But I thought it was a tournament. I heard I first thought... two games. Um, but maybe that's changed now. Um, we'll go around some of the other kind of productions in terms of like some of the regulars went for. So Chris has gone for Argentina, Vinny. It's going for England up. I was trying to jinx them, but he reckons they've got a genuinely good chance. Um, good John, he's gone for Brazil. Josh is going for Netherlands. I know you mentioned Netherlands, but I don't see Netherlands as having any kind of real standout players in the final third. They've got Des- uh, Van Dijk at the back and Dion in midfield, who are two really good players. Aside from that, I, I don't see them having enough quality, and they kind of pondered like it against Senegal. They weren't particularly great. Um, though it's only the opening game, and sometimes opening games can be kind of tough. Um, Donald's going for Argentina. Um, I think that oh, and Scott, um, he's going for Brazil. Jeff has said Argentina or Spain could be a dark horse. Um, regards to that, not many folk have mentioned France. I know you mentioned that they might have a chance, but it's hard to hard to retain the World Cup. Doesn't happen often. So I find my little thing. Right. Okay. Um, I have got England losing to France in the quarters. Yeah, I would take that. England playing Ecuador in the last 16 and France beating Mexico and England losing to France in the quarters. My quarter finalists are Netherlands, Argentina, right. Germany, Brazil, England, France, and Belgium, Portugal. Okay. And then I've got Argentina beating Brazil, France, and Portugal. My head says France, but I love the idea of a Ronaldo Messi final. So I've gone for Argentina, Portugal final, and Argentina win it 2 0. Right. Okay. Um, Interesting thing about Brazil, three out of the last four tournaments, they've been knocked out at the quarterfinal stage by European teams. They've been knocked out by France, Netherlands, Belgium, and then obviously there was 2014 where they got pumped. Um, seven well, I've got, them getting, I've got them with retribution and they're going to beat Germany, but they then lose Germany. Argentina. Right, okay. So we can keep track of this. We once can, we get out of the groups, I'll post, I'll share it, and we can share it on the podcast account. And once we get out of the groups, we can see how correct I am. Yeah, I need to do a wee ball cut, ball chart, on. I usually do it. It's quite good fun in. because you start realizing that actually, obviously, you can't just pick. Sometimes you have one where you think actually that could be either or because it's quite close. But no, I've got Argentina winning it, and there are sweet state teams. Something okay, but I think it will be hopefully a good tournament. It is odd having it at this time of year. At lunchtime today, I was like. How nice would it be to like maybe in the evening sit outside in the warm and have a little pint and watch the game? I was like, oh no, there's none of that. So <laughs> it does feel very odd that there's a World Cup on and it's dark at four o'clock. Um, any dark horses that could think Denmark could be with dark horse? Mm, Denmark are for me. Oh no, because they're playing Argentina. <laughs> so they're just not, it's not going to happen, is it? Uh, the USA could beat the Netherlands, which would be interesting. Croatia uh, could be Germany, Brazil, Ecuador could be England. 
We don't think any of the Belgium, Belgium, do well. Belgium, Spain should be a good last 16. That's who it ends up being. I think it will. And then I've got Bel- Portugal beating Belgium. Basically, I, we don't need to watch it now because I've just told you what's going to happen. So that's that. Done. Right, okay. So we may as well just no bother. Right, okay. No one comes. Uh, Argentina won it. That's it. Um, who are you going for? Top, school, top goal scorer? Well, I feel like I have to say Messi, don't I? If Argentina right. getting the final. Um, right. England aren't getting past the quarters, so I can't see it being anyone there. Um, so you're going I Messi? Said, I would have said Benzema. I think I'm going to have to go Messi, yeah. Right, okay. Andy, for yourself. Uh, I, I have a sneaky feeling it'll be someone you totally don't expect. Yeah. You know, they could score three or four in the group stage and then nobody scores any more than that or whatever. Like an Oleg Salenko. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> there are your yeah. Rangers link as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, I don't know. I might go for M- Mbappe, maybe. I, I know I would expect Mbappe. I normally they? go oh. for Mbappe every year. <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. Shall we move on to this World Cup Rangers. chat? Yes. Andy? There's a nice link. Yeah. Segue to that one in. Um, I'm actually very pleased that you were able to make this because I'm really interested to know what the vibe in the camp is. Are, about, we, are we happy about <laughs> dismissal? Um, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be totally honest. Um, I've I've had a bit of a mixed bag of a season, a bit a bit like my own team, uh, on on the thoughts and opinions on. Certain aspects throughout the whole club, and and it goes right back to the the season we won the league. But the answer to your question, overall, I'm sort of in between, yes and no. You know, I think uh, getting the news today about Van Bronckhorst, um, was a shock. No, but at the same time, I was a wee bit disappointed. You know, um. As I say, it goes back, in my opinion, for myself, but probably a lot of the other Rangers supporters. Uh, they, when we won the league um, two years ago, we basically romped it, you know, and we, we, we had it shown up in, officially in, in March, but really in December, January time, and, and we sort of uh, stood still as league champions, you know, uh, the board came out and said we're we're ahead of Celtic by this much or on the pitch or off the pitch or whatever it might be. Um, Gerard said he would get financially backed, uh, and it didn't happen. And I think the board sort of put all the eggs in the one basket of of qualifying for the Champions League that season. It didn't happen. Um, Gerard and his coaching staff obviously left, and then. Van Bronckhorst came in, was appointed, and got off to a, a decent start. Uh, but his overall, his football and style wasn't the most prettiest. It wasn't the best. And I get football is all about winning games, and that happens at, at any club, not just at Rangers. But um, I think I think overall, uh, Van Bronckhorst wasn't backed well enough financially. Yes, he was given money, but. Um, you know, he came. He came in last November. 
Um, obviously, we we just lost the Hibs. He wasn't officially in charge of the game that that day. Um, we we threw away a, a lead. Um, you can blame the manager and the coaching staff for that, but also the players have to be taken blame for that. In January last last season, we we signed Aaron Ramsey and Ahmed Diallo. Um, and I personally, in my opinion, I don't think they were uh, Van Bronckhorst signings. I think they were more so the director of football and Ross Wilson. And I think possibly some of the summer signings were possibly not geo signings as well. I'm not defending them totally, saying that that he, you know, he deserved uh, he deserved to get backed, but I. I I don't know, just something seriously has been wrong, in my opinion, since we won the league off the pitch. And it's sort of filtering through or has filtered through onto the pitch as well. And and that goes uh, through the, the management staff too. Do you think it had got to a point, Andy, that players had stopped playing for him? Yeah, John, I, I agree. Uh, and I, I think so myself. Um, you know, we we uh, obviously a, a great achievement getting getting to the Europa League final last season, you know, and I think we sort of as as a lot of teams would probably do roll our luck at times, uh, in in the run to the, the final last season it wasn't to be heartbreaking as it, as it was for myself and Rangers supporters maybe not so for for rival fans and stuff but um, you know it wasn't to be and qualifying for the champ. Champions League at the start of the season Van Bronckhorst came out directly after the game in the thought of the board's going to back me and, and we're going to strengthen the, the first 11 or the squad going into yeah. the group stages and he was basically told no you're not so if your manager's coming out and saying I expect to be bringing signings in and the board's telling you no your hands are tied right away we go into the the league season we didn't start off well and we haven't. I mean, you could pick three or four games where we've played well uh, all season. In, in any competition, we were embarrassed in, in many games. Scoreline and, and the style of play from other teams uh, was just unbelievable. But also, again, if you're going into a, a European group stage at any level, you need to strengthen your team. And in my opinion, he wasn't allowed to do that after we qualify for the group stage. I think I remember like, when Rangers did qualify, everyone was surprised, certainly, that they didn't strengthen. And you think it's similar to when Gerard was kind of leaving here being told that the likelihood is, I know he left obviously before January, but if he was going to be staying at the January transfer window, basically there was nothing there. No one, no, no money there to strengthen. So we can apply just thought, well, Celtic are hot on our heels. This is a good time to get away. Plus, the lure of the Premier League down south obviously helped as well. But what what's the situation with the board? I mean, the Rangers fans, I mean, is that a case of wanting the board out or just wanting maybe different people on the board? What would we Um, I'm not totally sure. I have my own opinion. Obviously, everybody does. Um, Just to touch on your last question, yes, I think the players did stop playing for him and once you lose the dressing room that's sort of there's no way back from there which is an absolute disgrace because first of all you're cheating 
yourself, you're cheating the fans who are paying the money to watch it on your wages, and, and also the manager who's putting his trust in, in the group of players. But in, in terms of the board level, listen, we all know that the problems Rangers have been through uh, in the last 10, 11 years uh, financially. Um, we've had some of the wrong people in charge who shouldn't have been anywhere near the club at board level. And we, we've had uh, Rangers men who have came in and sort of lifted us back up and, and given loans out of their own pockets and, and stuff like that. And, and I'm grateful for that, as as is the majority of the Rangers support, I would imagine. But also at the same time, um, you know, they haven't looked for, have they looked for further investment outside or, you know, just some, in my opinion, I'm very frustrated, just some of the, the things that have went on, not just on the pitch and, and signings, you know, in, in and around the stadium, in and around the club, you know, I think things could have been dealt better with uh, stadium upgrades, uh, the the new Edmiston House building, the so-called new museum that's going to be happening, and then around that as well. It's just you're, you're being told one thing and something else is happening, and surely you're you're promised a lot and nothing's really coming from it, you know. And um, that that goes also for uh, the director of football, Ross Wilson, who, uh, in my opinion, hasn't delivered enough. From the the job role that he's supposed to be doing, you know, as I touched on there, Van Bronckhorst only in the door, and you're you're signing Aaron Ramsey and Ahmed Diallo as loan signings. In my opinion, that that's not Van Bronckhorst wanting them, and it, I get that the manager should have a say, but if you're being dictated by the director of football, it's not going to work at any football club, even not just at Rangers, and it. It's just so frustrating to see because it's filtered right from the board level, the very top director of football, coaching staff, and right to the playing staff as well. I think something seriously stinks within the club, and it's it's hard to watch. It is, uh, you know, I've been going to watch Rangers for many years. I'm a season ticket holder for five, six years now. Um, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about the club and I love the club as many, you know, many thousands of, of, of fans do. Um, I, I try to get as many games as I can and this season I've just been sort of going to watch more so for the, the sake of the love of the club because you're not seeing good football on the pitch and there's nothing promising that, you know, there's it, it didn't seem like there was going to be a change, you know. You, you know, you, you drop points one one game, it's, oh, next week we'll, we'll turn it around, we're playing better. There hasn't been that. You could ask him again now. Yes, what do you think the worst result, maybe worst results have been, other than Europe, which obviously was not great, but there's a difference in terms of, I mean, I'm not saying you expected it to be as bad as it was in Europe, but I don't think you necessarily would have expected to do particularly well. But in the league, there's obviously an expectation. I think all fans have an expectation. I think there's a sense of kind of entitlement to an extent at most clubs whereby people are, you know, there's games done United. You know, I went there expecting it's been terrible and it happens. But I think 
you've had more bad results than normal. I'm yeah, definitely. Surely that been... are have. I mean, there's obviously been a couple of losses, not, but presumably there's a few that have been seen as being bad. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with what you're saying. Um, and again, not not just this season. Uh, last season, you know the the game against Celtic Parkhead in in February, we. <laughs> From what I can remember, Rangers took kickoff in the first half and just put the ball into Celtic's half and Celtic pinned us back the rest of the game. You know, we, we know Celtic's style of play is is fast and ferocious and they go at teams from early doors and, and go and pin teams back. And Rangers just let them do that. And in my opinion, uh, the, the players feared the atmosphere that night uh, and sort of just collapsed from kickoff. And that's it's down to the players, but it's also down to the the manager and and the staff, you know, to get the players prepared mentally and and physically, especially games like that. And you know, you should be able to get yourself up for any game, especially uh, a derby game against Celtic. So that 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 one was the first one. Um, probably the. There has been other games, you know, going and beating Dortmund in Dortmund last season. And then uh, I think the next Sunday, dropping points to Dundee United. Or I can't, actually can't remember, was it at the, at the feeder, a draw? But, you know, the performance you put in in Dortmund and then going to Talent Dice, no disrespect to the Dundee United team or their fans. But just the, the effort from the Rangers players were absolutely terrible. But it... And and again this season, you know, going to Parkhead and getting hammered. <laughs> it's it's not it's not nice to lose against any team, but again, as I say, your your biggest rivals and it's it's all down to the preparation and the, the lack of effort, you know, doing not sorry, not being able to do the basic things on a football pitch as a professional footballer is is not good enough. So I think that the, the two hammerings or the two lessons against Celtic that we've got um, have, have hurt the most probably as I say being being our closest rivals um, draws against St Moran Levinson recently St Johnson away game has has hurt as well every defeat hurts every point dropped hurts because and I know you're saying you get your sort of a sense of entitlement at Rangers and also Celtic, I suppose, that you have to win every game, regardless of the opposition in Scotland. You're you're there at that club to win cups, leagues, challenge in Europe. That's that's why you're at the club as a manager or a player. You have you must win. Nothing else is acceptable. I know everybody's human beings and there will be failures and defeats, but as fans, unfortunately, we don't accept that at, at Rangers and there's been too many disappointments and as I say, on and off the pitch. Uh, the worst the worst one European-wise has to be Liverpool at Ibrox. Liverpool or Liverpool, a fantastic side. Did I expect them to beat us? Yes, probably not by that much, but to win comfortably. But it was the fact that we collapsed within the space 20, Five thirty minutes against any side, no excuses. Just the sort of heads dropped, and 
Tapos, eh? That What one was, it? was embarrassing for you, if I'm honest. Especially because you went 1-0 up. At halftime, I was like, this is a lot more even than I expected. Like, this could be actually pretty close. And then, no, dear, oh dear. Alan McGregor was very angry. Uh, yeah, personally, I thought um, we, we cooked well the first half hour, 40 minutes. And then when Conor Golson got injured, as, as soon as he got injured, I sort of sensed the belief within the, or a lack of belief within the players. Their heads just dropped and it was like, oh, we're losing a major player here. What are we going to do? And we came out up second half and just first 10 minutes or so were okay. But after that, we just fell apart. And yeah, Al McGregor, you know, he's a Rangers supporter like the rest of us. But I think he was at fault for a few goals as well. You know, his kicking has been atrocious throughout most of his career. As much as he's been unbelievable with saves and stuff. He's good at kicking not... players. Oh, he's very good at kicking well, players. Well, that's, that's <laughs> true, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> he's a very, very, very angry man. He he's is, the, yeah. He's the angriest goalkeeper in the world. Pickford's think... second angriest. Genuinely, I find Alan McGregor a little bit terrifying. <laughs> I think you would, you would do. Always, sure. always raging, isn't he? Yeah, I think it's just the sort of passion. As well. I mean, I enjoyed it when you had McLaughlin in goals because he was very, very poor. Um, that's an odd one, and I'm I'm quite surprised that you hadn't in the summer looked at your because Robbie McCrory's obviously extended a deal, but not seen him play. What do you think your summer signings were like? Um, were, were there? As I say, Aaron Al McGregor has been a, a fantastic keeper, you know, since he's been. At the club during his two spells, um, yes, he's had a few bad moments, and yes, he's he's getting on in, in age. Should last season have been his last season at the club? I think so. Do I think John McLaughlin should have got the number one jersey? I'm I'm not really sure. I think I think the club should have looked uh, further afield and, and brought in. Uh, an experienced and a quality goalkeeper, and and ter- uh, similar to Al McGregor, you know, and I know they're hard to find, but you know, you've just said there yourself. Robbie McCroy has been given a deal. The the few times I've seen him play, especially in Europe, he kept a clean sheet when he played, and um, then the following Sunday against Celtic as well. He's when he's been called upon, he hasn't made any mistakes you know and I know goalkeepers can make mistakes and have have absolute wonderful games but why not give the young fella a chance you know he's not going to be not going to be wanting to sit on the bench or warm up the two goalkeepers for for much longer that's the thing isn't it when you're like the third choice keeper you aren't must be thinking when am I ever getting on and well, that's the thing you know and, and I'm sure not every goalkeeper has the mentality of Andy Firth about just kicking a ball, a goalkeeper, and loving life for the fans, and it's it's not like that, you know. Robin McCrory, I think, wants his chance. Will he get it? I don't think. I don't even think he'll get it in the Scottish Cup, uh, unless there's an injury to McGregor or McLaughlin. But um, in terms of the rest of the summer signings, again, I think we recruited not well enough. You know, we signed, well, we signed a pre-contract last January, John Souter. A good player, with all due respect, but his injury record speaks for itself. Why? Why you're putting your trust in a in a player who 
who is injury prone. I, I, I don't know, given the fact that we let Leon Balogun go uh, and then extend his contract, but yet we extended McGregor, Davis and Arfield. Um, so I, I don't get that. Um, the young the young fella, Yilmaz at left back, yes, we spent a lot of money on him. I know he's moved to a new country, not knowing much of the language and stuff, but he hasn't been given much of a chance. I know he's currently injured, but when I've seen him play, he's he's seen very, very well. He's played very well. Um, ben Davies, again, spent money on him. He's been in and out of the team through injury. He has to question that signing as well. Tom Lawrence, I think, again, unfortunate with injury. I think he's a good player and he will come back to be a good player. Antonio Cholak, I like the look of him. Uh, I don't know, just any player will sign, any player will have is injured. So he is the only one of yours I'd be like interested in having. I think he's good. Yeah, he is. He's he's not he's not um he's different to Morelos in terms of his style of play and, and stuff oh, like that. It's not a bad thing though, is it? Really? Pardon? That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, some I suppose it can't it can't be a bad thing, especially this season, but you know, if you get the ball in the box, Trulax proved that he will be there or thereabouts and, and give him a chance, he'll he'll near enough score most times. Is Alfredo Morales's time up? Um I think so, yeah. Um everybody knows the way his behaviour has been since he's been at the club. Um he's had numerous second chances or third chances, whatever you want to call it, under under different managers, and um, don't get me wrong, he's he's been he's been a very good player for the club. He's you know without Morales' goals in recent seasons, <laughs> we wouldn't be where we were in, in certain competitions or whatever. But um, just a sort of his mentality towards I suppose football in general. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying he's not professional, but it just seems strange that when he's out injured or whatever, he comes back with the sort of he doesn't care mentality, you know. And... He's got that um, unfortunate physique, which I've seen with Greg Stewart Jet, where he obviously, when he's out injured, does just pile on weight. And, you know, not to kind of criticize that, but if you are a professional athlete, it doesn't give the image I think you want to be giving. It makes him look lazy. He ambles around the pitch, his kit doesn't fit him. And you just think, what are you doing in training? You know, if you're injured, fine. But what have you been doing since you got back? It's the attitude thing is what would massively put me off. And I don't think he's good enough to make up for that. You could get someone who scores as many goals for a lot less hassle. And I think if you're looking to kind of rebuild a little bit, because there's not been a huge amount of signings and stuff, having someone like that in your team does not help, I don't think. Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. Um, And you have you have to ask a serious question of of why is that happening so much, and also ask a question of the fitness coaches or whoever it may be, why is a professional footballer allowed to come back in that state and and not even improve? You know, uh, he was basically finished at the club on, on numerous times, but even under Van Bronckhorst there at, at, in the summer, he hasn't he hasn't even uh, wanted or looked as if he wanted to sort of prove a point to the manager, you know, especially given Cholak's goal, 
tally and stuff from the start of the season, you you have to be saying to yourself, right, well, my teammate, he's keeping me out of the team, he's scoring goals. I'll show the manager that it should be me playing. But it doesn't seem to be the way. And as you say, I, I think it's time's up. Uh, I would prefer that he is sold in January. But I honestly think he'll run down his contract and then leave in the summer. And similar to Ryan Kent as well, who's another one, not physique-wise, but he just doesn't do it enough. He's so inconsistent. Yeah, Ryan Kent's the one now. I got stuck last year, I remember, for like saying about how Ryan Kent was like so inconsistent, overrated. And Rangers fans were like, nah, nah, not at all. But with the exception of probably his European performances in the cup run last year, his actual lack of goals, assists for a player, who on his day, don't get me wrong, on his day he can be a very good player, but for a player playing for Rangers, he should be getting double figures for goals and assists. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I agree with you. And and he, he's a very good player. He's probably one of the best players within the team. Well, he should be anyway. But um, he doesn't do it enough. You know, he's, he's more interested in beating a player two or three times, and that's not just Ryan Kent. That's a lot of modern day winners and stuff like that there but um, you get the ball in the box for the striker or go and have a shot there's been times he's, he's cut back or he's, he's stepped inside and, and then wasted the chance or whatever you know it's just so frustrating watching a player like that when you know he has the quality the, the do stuff and, and turn a game on his head and, and he just doesn't do it enough and it's is it maybe the fee that we paid for him that's sort of well, we paid seven million for the fella, so why is he not doing it enough? But yeah. again, at any club, it, it should be happening. But especially at, at, at Rangers, Rangers fans won't, won't uh, you know, accept that. Aye, I think obviously what not never helped in the summer is, um, probably I think Ryan Kent and Morellas when you knew that they weren't signing a new deal while you're left, it's always dangerous because you know in January they can sign a pre-contract with someone. They're losing out and potentially. I mean, I think from the two of them, you could have made minimum ten million when you've got a year left in the deal. But the fact that you'd sold Barsi and Aribo, you'd have been then selling at the time what would be four key players, which mm-hmm. is a good kind of heartbeat of your team. But from a business point of view, I think it's poor, especially when you consider the financial issues that Rangers have had over the past. No, it definitely is, and and I just want to touch on. Again, going back to the season we won the league, where we were absolutely brilliant. There was standout players, the likes of Kent, Morelos, Goldson, Aribo, uh, Kamara. You know, we we should have maybe sold a couple of them players when they were at their peak. You know, even Morelos or Kamara, we we sort of haven't changed or refreshed the squad of the first eleven, and it's it's coming to show from last season right through to this season, and. Um, and and you you have to do that at, at any team, especially a successful side, uh, who have won a league title or a, a, a cup or a European trophy or whatever. You do have to, to add quality to within the team, and and replace quality and and not move players on, but sort of sell them when they're at a good value, as you've just said. And I think obviously we cashed in on a Rebo and Bassi, but. I think it's too late now for the likes of um, Kamara, Kent, Morelos. 
So even you could throw in Borna Barsas there as well for that yeah. category. Aye, definitely. Um, what do you think of the names that have been linked with the job so far? I don't know if you've seen the the list um, in terms of like bookie odds. Bookie, for example, have this was earlier on today, so it might have changed. But Sean Dyche's favourite, Kevin Musket, second favourite, Michael Beale, who's obviously was there not so long ago um, and maybe considered to be the, the key man as opposed to Gerard himself. Kevin Thompson, which I don't think that would happen. I know he's played for Rangers, but it would be a big step up from him from being at what was Kelly Archer, obviously not there anymore. Um, Gerard returning, surely not. And any any names there stick out for you? To be honest, personally, no, not not really. To be honest, um, my my own opinion is, regardless of who the next manager will be, is coming in with a massive task. Uh, first and foremost, to get this group of players playing, you know, play playing better, should I say? Um, you're you're chasing a nine point uh, gap already. Uh, you have a you have a big league cup semi final against yourselves, Aberdeen, coming yeah. up. Um, and you always raise a, you always raise a game against us. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I think the feelings mutual, eh? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, most importantly, the financial side of things. Whoever the manager is, is he going to be backed? And is he going to be back well enough in, in January and in the summer? I, I personally, I, I, I don't know if that will happen. But um, the my thoughts on the managers mentioned there, do any of them stick out? Not really. Kevin Thompson, no. Um, I know he's been, he's been at the club as a player and also as a youth coach, and he, he knows the style of play and stuff like that. Great. He's got great uh, knowledge and stuff within the club. But no, Kevin Muscat, again, I know he was at the club as a player. He's just, I think, won a title in Japan. But um, I'm, I'm not I'm not so sure. Um, it's, worked all, it's worked all right for uh, Celtic. <laughs> it has <laughs> indeed. And it, 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 they took, Celtic took a gamble with that. But then again, Rangers took a gamble with Stephen Gerrard as well. Yeah. And it eventually paid off to a certain extent. Um, but the likes of Sean Dyche, I think we all know him for his sort of anti-football, so to speak, although it worked uh, at a certain element uh, at Burnley. Um, uh, John, honestly, I'm, I'm not too sure who it would, who it would be. And I know there has been rumours of certain managers and stuff like that, but most importantly, this this next appointment has to be absolutely right because if not, and and you go and sack another manager or you go and lose, which is possibly looking like another league title, and and maybe next year, whatever you may you may lose cups or titles. I'm not not being negative, but. What if that happens and the next manager sacked? You're back to square one. And in my opinion, as I've said to yourselves, said to many friends and Rangers supporters, the the big question mark lies within uh, the board, the boardroom, and the director of football. Uh, is anyone then you'd like to see come in? 
anyone you can think of that would be a realistic target? Realistic target? <laughs> in all honesty, no, because if you asked me this time last year, when when Gio was just appointed, when, when Gerard left, um, I, I wouldn't have said it would have been Van Bronckhorst, or I didn't know who I wanted, you know. But um, I, I just want, from the next manager, a bit of, bit of passion and a bit of, you know, a bit of someone who has a bit of knowledge within the, the game and, and the Scottish game as well. And they get, they get the most out of the players because, in my opinion, Van Bronckhorst, as great a player as he was for the club, and, and yes, he, he was sort of unfairly treated to a certain aspect. He was sort of too nice of a guy. And too quiet, and I think in in any job or whatever, if if you're don't speak up for yourself or don't stamp your authority, so to speak, you're not going to get very far. And and I think that's possibly why the players sort of stop playing for him or down tools or whatever you want to call it, you know. But and um, the next manager has to be, you know, there, there needs to be big changes within the the club there. Aye. The thing you've got in your favour, though, it's coming at a good time because you've got timing and maybe get the right man in or what's considered to be the right man before um, the Premiership returns. So maybe that's something to hold on to. Yeah, it, it, it can't it can be. It can work in our favour. But, um, you know, obviously time will tell. But it's it's a big, big remainder of the season for the club because the, the previous half of the season hasn't been good enough you know in, in terms of performance and results Aye um, Right we'll wrap up that section of the podcast and I did say to you both we were going to do a bit about kind of Scottish Cup memories and um, obviously the third round of the Scottish Cup takes place this weekend I'm looking forward to it because my team Talbot will be playing Wraith Rovers at Kirkcaldy so excited about that and we've got a wee guest appearance Meryn, coming along to see us. I am. Do you want to hear about my Scottish Cup? I've selected three Scottish Cup memories. That would be ideal, yes. Okay. They're all, not recent-recent, but recent-ish, because I think that the magic of the Cup is brilliant. And I think that it is easy to forget when you don't have, like, if you're a small team and you beat a huge team, that's obviously like amazing, incredible. But no matter what level, I think the cup is magical. So I have three that I've picked. The first one is a little replay against a team called Rangers. Um, genuinely one of the best nights, apologies, Andy. One, genuinely one of the best nights of my entire life. It's 12th of March and it was cold and it was dark and we had a one-all drop to Audrey where I had to get a real replacement bus from Dundee thing was awful that was when our home form was shopping in fact that was the season where we had the best away form i think in the whole week we were awful at, um awful at home we had a one-all draw i think we had a penalty in i think we had a pen anyway one-all replay i rocked tuesday night and it was brilliant um now begin scored very very early on and then conor mcclennan shockingly because even even a blind squirrel were one day finding that Conor McLennan scored a goal and we won 2-0 and when we got held for 15 minutes we were just singing it it was a good one, I enjoyed that what I quite like is that 
And I think about the semi-finals, I wonder if they should keep semi-finals for not Hamden. I just have Hamden for finals. Because sometimes it is brilliant to be like, we only got about 700 tickets. But sometimes it's nice to be at a small stadium. You've got a small kind of crowd. You're away somewhere and you can only get, you know, 1,500. It is quite nice. And the other one I enjoyed was one of my last games pre-COVID. It was when we had a replay again. It's a replay. Yeah, it was. We had a one-all draw with Killy at home. We were terrible. And then we had to go down there and replay on a Tuesday night. And I don't know if it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. The and weather. Remember, I remember the game. And it was freezing. And it was one of the, so killy because the honestly, the seats were so close together. You come home covered in bruises, but it was amazing. So we went 1 0 down. And then to equalize. Anyway, it's 2 it's 2 1 getting into towards the end of normal time. We get a late equalizer and it goes to extra time. And we're thinking, right, okay, we need to regroup. Everyone is looking knackered. Matty Kennedy, who's brilliant, looks honestly like he's not going to manage another half an hour. So we assume he's coming off. Comes on second, extra time. Absolutely brilliant. I was like, this is horrendous. They all look absolutely knackered. This is going to be a nightmare. No, absolutely brilliant. We go 3 2 up. It is scenes. Do, no, hold no, on. No, no, no. Um, no, sorry. We went 3 2 down. We score, uh, obviously, late on in normal time to take yes. it to extra time. So, Parlandi. Considine, um Matty Kennedy scores at the start of extra time. Yes. Then they bring it back to two all room and brophy. They yes, then that's go, correct. It was one they all go normal three, time. Two up with four they went one nil up and we and left we very, very late right, the to scrape through to extra time. Matty Kennedy scores very early on in extra time and we're like, right, come on, hold on. It goes two all. The Wolf, Brophy. It then goes 3-2. And I think there's like four minutes to play. And I was like, yeah. great. And so I'm just praying for an equaliser for pens. Sam mm-hmm. Cosgrove gets a pen, a very fair penalty awarded. Yep. Takes it. Absolute scenes because it's 3 all. It's going to penalties. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And De- Derry McKinnon said that he and Tony Docker writing down who's taking the pens. And then Andy Constantine went streaking up the wing like Ryan Giggs. And we win 4-3. Yeah. And that was... Brilliant. That was a, that was something. It was terrific. It was absolutely class. Um, I also actually one of the things I enjoy generally about the Scottish Cup is going places you've not been. So mm-hmm. I love it when you get because normally at the weekends I'm at Aberdeen games, so it's not that easy just to like pop along to a different ground or go and see. I mean, you can do it, but a lot of the time they're on the Saturday at three o'clock as well. So the World Cup's been nice for that. But generally, you know, you tend to go and see your own team and you don't often travel around smaller grounds and it is nice to be able to go and see some. So I'm hoping for a Scottish Cup draw somewhere near-ish me that I've not been. Okay. That was two memories. You said you had three. Oh, so my... So just generally, I like going other places and I had okay. really liked... Um, I went to Stenhouse Muir for the first time. Not a Scottish Cup one. This is technically League Cup, but Annan, also good. Now... I wouldn't rush back to Annan because you can't really see the pitch. No, Annan was awful. That is I love going to new grounds and taking them off. I really want to do the whole 42. So I do think that the Scottish Cup generally, you know, the draw is exciting. Who might you get? You get a small team. They bring their biggest crowd ever. Also, if you're quite a big team and you go away to a small ground, they're really happy to have your fans and your money and the tickets. It's sterling. The chairman was out, you know, saying, oh, thanks, everyone, you know, for coming. This is a brilliant crowd. I really like it. Now, this uh, might tie in with a recent event of yours, Erin, that you had a birthday recently. I've had a special day, correct. Am I right in saying that you were born the year that we last won the Scottish Cup? 
I was, but November, so I've never seen us win it. Yeah. Which feels unfair, doesn't it? It does, because I'm just, it's like I'm thinking here, like obviously we've got your memories. Unfortunately, none of them have come from us winning it. I'm old enough to remember us winning it, but I wasn't at the game in 1990. I remember watching it all at home. But I know Andy's going to come in with his memories, and they're going to be about actually winning the tournament, which is the sad thing. Um, so uh, I don't know if you've got as many as Aaron with three memories, but give us your your favourite memories of the Scottish Cup, Andy. Yeah, so when when I heard about uh, you were wanting to talk about Scottish Cup memories, I was obviously just thinking about finals. But now that Aaron's put in, uh, it, it can be any game. <laughs> it's, it's through me a bit. Not how all finals in my day either, Andy. Thanks for that. <laughs> When we get there, we lose to Celtic, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we banned yeah. Miguel and Chris from coming on because they would have just talked about a certain game and we would end up swearing. So, uh... <laughs> um, so yes, and I do apologise in advance for a couple of mentions about Aberdeen. But mm. my, my first memory, as I spoke to you about on the fan special podcast, would have been the 1993 Scottish Cup final which was actually a parkhead. I said it was at Hamden and uh, the fan special. Uh, so I got that one wrong. It was parkhead and it beat Aberdeen that day with uh, Neil Murray and Mark Hitley scoring the goals and um, cleansed the treble. So that was probably my first memory of, of a Rangers game uh, on the TV. Um, other finals such as Hearts in 96, beating 5-1, um, Gordon Jury scored a hat-trick that day and, and Loudrup some we got two but Loudrup got more of the match uh, that day it could have been any score against Hearts you know uh, Rangers were excellent that day and um, against Celtic in 1999 to clinch another treble at, at Hamden Rob Wallace winner um, sorry to mention again Aberdeen in 2000 come on Andy <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he's been, he's been paid. I reckon Scott and Chris have been on to him. <laughs> yeah, that that was a that was a good day as well for for obviously Rangers. But um, unfortunately, Jim Leighton went off with an injury. I think two minutes into the game or three minutes yeah, into the game. Yeah, the Lord Wallace. Yeah, and um, replaced we by on the bench. Robbie Winters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously that wasn't a good day for. Aberdeen losing late and early on, but uh, they go on win four nil that that day, day. Sorry, that day. Um, of the the Hearts final last season was was good, although it was just after the Europa League final. So what was a bit, you know? Oh well, we won the cup, but it still was good. But um, the semi final against Celtic last season was was absolutely brilliant. Uh, first time it's seen as beat Celtic at Hamden, and um, a new voice and actually shed some tears and everything. <laughs> Just emotions got the better of me, and, and it was a great, great day. But my best, my best memory, I would probably put it down as my best Rangers game, and best memory in the Scottish Cup would be the two thousand two Scottish Cup final. Um against Celtic and Rangers won 3-2 I think Rangers might have been behind twice with Bobo Balding, John Hartson and Lovencrantz pulled the first one back 
Barry Ferguson with a free kick, wonderful free kick. And Celtic were on top at the time in the game. And it was going looking as if it was going to go the extra time. About I think it was maybe about 15, 20 seconds to go. Neil McCann put the cross in for Peter Lovencrans with a diving header. And the rest is history, as they say. And a 3-2 win in, in the cup final against your, your greatest rivals. It doesn't really get better than that. I think you've just given us a top 10, Andy. I lost count, but uh, I felt <laughs> like that's, uh, that's what happened, right? I'm not going to mention any, any Aberdeen ones because Aaron's kind of covered some of them. And then, as I say, we've got one tournament since 1990. But from a talent point of view, the natural one for me is uh, when we faced Air. Air at the time were um, flying high in the championship. Ian McCall was manager. Um, a couple of days before the tie, actually, they had Sports Sound at Beechwood. So in the social club, which was pretty cool. So David Curry was there presenting. Um, Chick Young was doing obviously the Robin Reporter thing. You had Julie Fleet in there, Billy Dodds, uh, James Grady as well. Ian McCall was in as well. So he kind of took a wee bit of uh, banter from the Talbot fans. They were obviously confident that they were going to win the tie. Um, I think most of the Talbot fans had money on us to win. Um, but a good price as well. We were 10 to 1. So the whole village um, parted that day. Um, we obviously won, and an edge game like back to maybe kind of back to the wall. Had a few chances. Um, Craig McCracken scored in the seventy eighth minute. Absolute scenes. It was on TV. Um, a packed beachwood. There was like about four thousand people at the stadium, which was unbelievable. Um, and just a kind of general great day out. Uh, I think. I think I went out about ten o'clock for the pregame. And never got home to about two in the morning, three in the morning. Um, just Sounds a, a general all round good day. Obviously, this weekend we've got Waitrose away in the cup. Um, we've beaten championship teams before, but not away from home. So it will be a, a tough test. Are, are you um, going to the game? Yeah, I I go to the game. Um, so hopefully you'll be dancing in the streets of Wraith then. I be good. Um, but in fact, we'd fancy a chance at home. I think away from home, most people will be going into expecting that Wraith should win. Um, we'll see what happens. In terms of other memories, from a Talbot point of view, we beat Cove a couple of times when Cove were like kind of doing well. Plus, they're not a very nice club, they're a bit, they're a bit mouthy and all that. They were pretty confident they were going to beat us. That, that's um, their first name, uh, nothing to do with the second name. No, nothing to do with second name, no. Um, <laughs> and then we obviously beat Hamilton. I never made that game because it was ringing about, I think I had something pre-arranged um, and couldn't make it, but I think it was away a weekend away, actually, and won a decent bit of money, which softened the blow on missing the game, and it paid for the weekend, so um, that was pretty good. So, aye, some good memories from a kind of Talbot point of view. Like, seeing these teams in the Scottish Cup, a lot of people think, thought for a while they shouldn't have been it, but you can see this season... And from kind of seasons gone, there's been some good results from teams in the west of Scotland or the juniors as it was, and uh, not just ourselves. Like Sadarvo, kind of winning Pollock, obviously in the last oh, round, well. uh, beating Air, uh, not Air, sorry, um, beating Aaron. I think it was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and they play Air this weekend, so hey, it's good to see. Um, in terms of this weekend and maybe attractive ties, I'm trying to see what it is. Um, this is the Paul game is on TV on Friday night. 
think. No. Monday is it? Game Monday, on Monday aye. Broom, Broom Hill. Like, yeah, oh, Friday. Don't know, that's, that's not on TV. Um, but then on Saturday, I want to see what would be the pick of the ties. Montrose play Darvo, which should be quite interesting. Um, aside from that, there's nothing really that kind of stands out for me as being maybe a kind of cup shot. We'll see what happens though. Um, but I do like the cup. And it's now obviously this season as well, all games are played to a finish on the day. Yeah, I, like I I agree with you. Uh, it's there is something special about the cup, and I think especially more so for the, the junior sides or the the lower league sides, and I'm not even coming up against Premier League sides or whatever. It's just the magic of the cup sort of thing, and I know we get that with the FA Cup in, in England, and we also have it here with the Irish Cup in Northern Ireland. It's sort of special for players who are like going and working a Monday to Friday job yeah. and they're, they're going to play football that night or that, that weekend and it's a big thing and if, if you do get a tie against a, a bigger side or whatever uh, a chance to a chance to knock them out it's it's a big scalp and um, I think obviously the, the further you go in the competition the more exciting it is for your fan base or whatever as well see, see, I, see just touching on Aaron's point earlier in, in regards to uh, the semi-finals of Hamden, I, I would agree with you that regardless of who it may be, um, I think the semi-finals should be played at, at different grounds because it's a big thing to get the final and get the Hamden park for teams. But again, I think also on the downside of that would be well, games would probably have to be played at Ibrox or Parkhead. And, and, and all honestly, I think that would be the, yeah. the realistic choice, unless you had the likes of um, Hibs or Hearts, you could probably use Tyne Castle or Easter Road or something like that. Can, you imagine, that. That, can you imagine that Ibrox for the Celtic fans or vice versa? Yeah, well, I remember one game we played each other and uh, it was like Celtic got 25% or what it, half of the ground even a semi-final. It was a League Cup semi-final. 93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-93-
when you're you're going to them sort of grounds as well. Cold though. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's cold most most stadiums in Scotland, especially Aye. when you go to Pitogra. I've never been, but I can imagine if I've heard the stories it is. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, you should try and get Pitogra. It is a really good one. Well, if you can get any hospitality tickets, let me know. Because there's no chance of getting a, in the away end for Rangers. Why don't you just come in the home end? It's fine in there. <laughs> You'd have to be fully undercover. Yeah. But then I'll obviously watch. we're going we're gonna to beat I'll you. I'll watch on the after, TV will, I? <laughs> will, you, will you make it for the semi-final, Andy? Will you yeah, I'm fortunate. I uh, some good friends who have... Uh, who have uh, got me a ticket. So, um, yeah, I'll be there. My handling records, a bit of uh, hit and miss. Uh, I haven't seen it beat Albert Dean at it, so hopefully that changes. Last time I was there. Well, hopefully that continues, Andy. <laughs> right, that's good you're going. That's good to know. The last time I was there, uh, Lewis Ferguson scored the winner, League Cup semi-final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked that one. And Umar Sadiq couldn't stay on side, so yeah. <laughs> whatever happened to him and Lewis Ferguson. <laughs> and yeah, no, you, you just don't hear about Lewis Ferguson banging and screamers, do you? No, you don't, especially on Twitter from a certain person, no. Uh, not just me, all of Scotland. <laughs> we were very oh, disappointed, oh, Aiden. We were very disappointed in our started last week, to be fair. He was, he's in form and I thought it was an ideal time for him to get a start, but Sadly, Steve Black talked differently, so his chance will come. The oh, move's been good for him to Bologna. I'm really happy that he's enjoying himself there. I'm really pleased about it. Yeah, for for pleasure, you know, especially a Scottish lad going to Italy. It's it's not the move you would think of. I know the likes of Hickey and stuff's done it in recent years, but it's a big big step up cultural wise and stuff like that there. But he's he's obviously enjoying himself and showing on the pitch as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I think that's a wrap. Good to have you on as well, Andy. Um, even if it was be a difficult chat for you at times. <laughs> um, yes, I know. But as I say, I always appreciate uh, being up, being on the podcast and getting the chat with you guys as well. It's very um, interesting to hear your thoughts on everything. And uh, uh, I'll look forward to your reaction when Gerard's reappointed. <laughs> I'll have to look that cardboard cutout out again. Uh, well this is the thing so many people have destroyed them they're going to be quite upset I presume we don't think there's any chance of Gerard actually going back do we? I don't think so my wife would like Gerard to come back but um, does she like him or is she getting fancy for for personal reasons? I I think it's maybe more than football reasons John yes oh dear (laughs) that's that's shocking imagine objectifying the men that's terrible I'll, I'll maybe not mention who she jokingly suggested to be the next manager who did you joke? It better not be my lovely manager. It's a certain fellow who played and managed Celtic. Was it Neil Lennon? Neil Lennon. Yes. Oh, that would be such a good laugh, though. I would actually. My top, <laughs> my top three that I want are Neil Lennon, <laughs> Mark McGee, and Neil Warnock. Warnock, you could stick, but the other two, no thanks. Neil Warnock's mental, be an absolute riot. But think about how much fun it would be, eh? Warnock's a Rangers fan, but um, no, he's too old. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens anyway. I'll be case I'll watch this space and in terms of who comes in. But aye, thanks again, Andy, and pleasure as always, Erin. Thank you very much. Um, oh, I should add, we were mentioning the World Cup 
earlier on. Make sure people and check out the specials that John and Chris have done recently. There's been two recently. Um, first of all, the the France ninety eight, and then last week they covered ninety four, and there'll be another special coming up. That's yes, good. because well, I enjoyed, next couple of weeks. I've enjoyed both of those because I don't really know anything about those World Cups because I wasn't born. So, yeah, well, 94 yeah. I was but I wasn't all done my first World Cup I probably remember is 98 um, 98 opening uh, game with Brazil aye but they are doing yeah Italian 90 this Thursday um, where obviously Scotland were there and they are doing Korea Japan in 2002 where Scotland were not there so keep an eye out for them right. and if I can figure out how to like save my World Cup thing properly We'll put yes. it on the, the Twitter and then everyone can say that I've done really well and picked good things. That would be good to you. You can do that. Uh, um, I'll tweet it and then you can read. I mean, this is Adam and we can discuss separately. But um, if, by the way, if I'm wrong about any of the results, just leave me up. Just leave me up. Oh, just edit it out. I delete the picture and all that. Right, okay. Yeah. Like, Sorry, if you, I'm wrong. You told everyone anyway in the podcast what you've done. So they're out there. Uh, yeah, but I've done it for a bit of fun, right? So if I'm wrong, don't at me. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm sure you'll not get any abuse at all. Oh, surely none. No, heaven forbid a woman enjoys herself at the football. Right. Right. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All the best.